0: All right, everybody, we have made it to Thursday. It is Thursday, March 9th, 2023. You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Mosh Wanunu.
1: And I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts.
0: And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Jill, as we record this, it is International Women's Day, so I would like to wish you a happy International Women's Day today.
1: Mosh, on behalf of the 4 billion women around the world, thank you very much.
0: We have a good related story on that at the end of this podcast.
1: Okay, let's get to the headlines here. It is a who done it when it comes to last year's sabotage attack on a major oil pipeline that ran from Russia to Europe. Was it possibly the United States?
0: Jill, right now it's a whole bunch of countries doing a <laughs> shaggy impression. It wasn't me.
1: So, Moshe, when you posted six slides about this on Instagram the other day, I was kind of thinking... Snooze fest, but I have to say, upon researching this and writing this for the podcast today, it's really so fascinating.
0: Oh, it is a total mystery thriller that should be a Hollywood (laughs) movie at some point. We'll tell you about it.
1: Okay, California getting slammed with more wild weather this time—torrential rain with a risk of flooding. President Biden wants to chip away at the nation's debt by raising taxes on the very rich. Why the government wants to block the JetBlue Spirit merger. Is the pandemic over? Well, Novak Djokovic is still blocked from entering the United States because he's not vaccinated, but he is petitioning to get let in so that he could play in two major U.S. tennis tournaments. Let's get nuclear. (laughs) I I feel insane saying that, but uh, a nuclear power plant opening in the U.S. for the first time in years. Could this be some type of renaissance when it comes to nuclear energy? And which is the more erratic sex, males or females? Hormones, schmormones, Moshe. Some new research says it's the men.
0: We'll tell you about what the mice are telling us.
1: <laughs> and of course, Moshe is on this day in history. What are you working on?
0: Speaking of women, a uh, big day in Barbie doll history, Joel.
1: Okay, so my daughter is definitely going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Okay, let's start with what sounds like the plot to a Bond movie. There are major accusations and finger pointing when it comes to who attacked a key Russian gas pipeline running from Russia to Europe last September. At the time, Ukraine blamed Russia. Russia blamed the U.S. and Britain, and everyone denied it. Now, according to New York Times reporting, a pro-Ukrainian group carried out the attack on the Nord Stream pipelines. This is based on some new intelligence reviewed by U.S. officials. Anyone on the pro-Ukraine side would have the most logical potential motive to attack the pipelines, which lets Russia sell gas more easily to Europe. The New York Times reports that there is no evidence that President Zelensky of Ukraine or any of his top lieutenants were involved in the operation or directed the attack. So which pro-Ukrainian country or group was behind it? Officials who have reviewed the intelligence say they believe that the saboteurs were most likely Ukrainian or Russian nationals or a combination of the two. U.S. officials insist no American or British nationals were involved. Of course they do. But... Last month, the investigative journalist Seymour Hersh published an article on the newsletter platform Substack, which concluded that the United States carried out the operation at the direction of President Biden himself. Again, U.S. officials totally deny this. They say there's no U.S. involvement. Okay, Mosh, what the what? What is going on?
0: It's quite a whodunit, a lot of finger pointing. Uh, We should note that most recent reporting by Seymour Hersh, he has a history of great investigative reporting and also some stuff that hasn't checked out over the years. At the same time, one of the things they're pointing to is President Biden's own words. And this didn't get picked up much at the time. But early last year, before Russia invaded Ukraine and after meeting with the German chancellor, President Biden said, that if Putin decided to attack Ukraine, that would ultimately determine the fate of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Take a listen. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do you, what, how will you how will
1: you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's controls?
0: We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. So, just making sure everyone heard that tail part. Asked by a reporter, how exactly the Nord Stream two pipeline would be stopped? Biden says, "I promise you, we'll be able to do it." So that right there reinforces the theory that the U.S. would have been behind this. Also, keep in mind that to get this done, this explosion underwater, in the sea, very cold water, they needed 1,000 pounds of military-grade explosives, according to European investigators. And so this is a serious operation. At the time, the U.S. called it an act of sabotage. European officials at the time said they believe a, this was a state-sponsored attack because of the sophistication that would have been required here on the floor of the Baltic Sea. Right now, investigators say they're looking into 45 ghost ships that were in the area at the time, a ghost ship means their location transponders were not turned on. So, hmm. So that is a lot of ships to figure out what they were up to in the neighborhood. As for this latest New York Times story, which, again, cites anonymous intelligence officials that are not quite sure but believe it could have been a pro-Ukrainian group, whatever that means, Uh, Ukraine has been up to a bunch of stuff that it doesn't always tell the U.S. about. There was a mysterious car explosion in Russia last year that killed the daughter of a uh, prominent Russian nationalist, even though the Ukrainians denied it. Biden officials apparently behind the scenes rebuked the Ukrainians being like, we know it was you guys. So that is sort of where things stand if that gives you any clarity at all.
1: Nope, no clarity, Moshe. Um, <laughs> It is still one of the big mysteries of the war. If Ukraine though is found to be involved in any way, even indirectly, it could have big ramifications. Potentially it could lessen support from Germany for Ukraine. The German public has been dealing with really, really high energy prices And they've kind of been taking it on the chin to show solidarity with Ukraine. Um, And that's partially due to the pipeline no longer being active. Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2, by the way, um, they run 760 miles from the northwest coast of Russia to northeast Germany. Nord Stream 2 was finished in 2021, even though the U.S. and other Western countries opposed it because it would increase German reliance on Russian gas.
0: And some of you might recall at the time that, Uh, Former President Trump was very much against this, saying the Germans were making a big mistake. The Germans at the time pushed back. So he has been doing a sort of, and I told you so in the past couple of years, those Nord Stream lines, by the way, are set to be mothballed at the time. Russia does not see a demand from Europe for a long time here. Three of the four pipes were ruptured underwater. It'll cost a lot of money to repair them. So right now they're not doing it. But it seems that the Russians are not that worried at this juncture because they have found other markets for their gas uh, around the world.
1: Okay, Mosh, who plays the U.S. Navy SEAL who dropped a thousand pounds of military-grade explosives uh, on the pipeline?
0: I I feel like it's a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible type situation, (laughs) Joe. Or could it be a future Ocean's Eleven remake? I feel like we're at Ocean's 27, Ocean's 28, I don't know, 37. They've made a few of those. So that would involve Clooney or Brad Pitt, right?
1: Unless, Mosh, of course, this week we had International Women's Day. Unless it's maybe the women's crew Sandra Bullock, Ann Hathaway, Kate Blanchett, Rihanna.
0: Yes, the team from Ocean's Eight.
1: Okay, Mosh, switching gears now to the crazy weather out in California. It is not over yet. Officials in the state are warning residents to prepare for a powerful storm that starts today. It's set to hit the region with torrential rain, and it comes just as the state is still recovering from huge amounts of snow that trapped mountain communities. About 16 million people across central and northern California, including the San Francisco Bay Area and Sacramento, were under flood watches early Wednesday ahead of that storm. It's set to drench the region with really dangerous. dangerous amounts of rain in most places that currently have existing layers of heavy snow from previous snowstorms. Rain could fall on the snowpack, and it could increase runoff and flash flooding. In response to the ominous forecast, officials in Marin and Monterey counties have started to prepare ahead of the looming storm. It's expected to strike the area as a strong atmospheric river event. Now, as for the Big Sur community south of the Bay Area, the Emergency Services Office went as far as advising residents and businesses to stock up on essential items that would last at least two weeks. Um, and that is where they could see about 10 inches of rain.
0: Yeah, they're taking this very seriously. So I uh, hope all of you who are listening in Northern California uh, have stocked up. This week's severe weather, of course, comes as California has been hit with back-to-back-to-back rounds of heavy snow that have made roads impassable for days, knocked out power for thousands of residents as the temperatures dropped. Down in San Bernardino County, residents have been trapped in their homes Uh, For more than a week, rescues are ongoing. And despite the removal of large amounts of snow, some roads remained closed even on Wednesday. This will be the 10th atmospheric river event of this season. These are the long flowing storms that come off the Pacific Ocean and have been drenching California. Bringing, of course, much needed water, but way too much, way too quickly. In some cases, these storms have already been causing a massive flooding, in some cases, mudslides. Up to 18 people have already died this season due to the storms. We're going to continue to monitor these storms and the aftermath on the uh, Mo News Instagram feed, so make sure to follow us there at Mosh, at M-O-S-H-E-H. All right, let's take a quick break now to thank a couple of our partners this week. I want to start with Blinkist. I mentioned them on the Instagram feed uh, this week. I've been using the Blinkist app for more than a year now as a quick way to get uh, smart summaries of books that either I haven't gotten around to or ones I haven't read in a while. It's essentially audio notes. Blinkist, offers you a summary of books in 15 minutes or less. I like to listen to them while I'm on the go. Right now, they're offering more than 5,500 book and podcast summaries. Topics range, a lot of nonfiction, politics, parenting, investing, leadership, communication. Uh, Blinkist offers curated collections, expert-led guides. allows you to really grow every day. And right now, they're offering a special deal to the Mo News audience, you can head over to Blinkist.com slash Mo News to start a seven-day free trial. And they're offering 25% off a premium membership right now. That is Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, like in a blink. Blinkist.com slash Mo News for 25% off and a seven-day free trial.
1: And now to Athletic Greens. I have been using their AG1 supplement in the mornings. The Athletic Greens AG1 powder, just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. It's easy and quick and it lets you get on with your day knowing that you have gotten over 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support digestion and gut health. With your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. Just visit athleticgreens.com slash Mo News to take advantage of the offer, and you can get a discounted monthly subscription, or you could try it one time for just a month. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash monews. That's M-O-N-E-W-S for this special deal and really start to take ownership of your health time for the speed read from the Washington Post. A federal investigation released Wednesday found that the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department engaged in systemic civil rights abuses and excessive force misconduct in the years leading up to the 2020 police killing of Breonna Taylor. The Justice Department's probe found that officers carried out unlawful and unconstitutional policing, including conducting searches that were based on invalid warrants, executing search warrants without knocking and announcing their presence, making unlawful stops and targeting those who spoke out against abusive policing during mass protests or even day-to-day interactions. The report says the city police department, quote, practiced an aggressive style of policing that it deploys selectively, especially against Black people, but also against vulnerable people throughout the city. The abuse extended to mentally ill people who were mistreated and mocked by officers. The investigation took nearly two years. The report was released just days before the third anniversary of Taylor's death on March 13th. And it starts the clock on negotiations between federal authorities and Louisville City and police leaders that are expected to result in a court consent decree outlining hundreds of potential departmental changes overseen by a federal monitor.
0: Yeah, there was a major press conference on Wednesday that included the U.S. Attorney General, uh, the mayor, uh, the current police chief. But these responses could take years. There have been other similar federal efforts in dozens of cities over the last couple decades. Seattle's had one of these, Baltimore. L.A., Detroit, New Orleans, they have produced mixed results over the years, uh, and they often cost the local city governments millions of dollars to implement. Merrick Garland, the current U.S. Attorney General, has announced a series of changes aimed at improving federal oversight to make sure these types of things are implemented better. The Louisville investigation, by the way, is one of eight right now that the DOJ is conducting into several cities when it comes to discriminatory policing. And while we're talking about this, we should also note that the Justice Department on Wednesday also announced it was opening up an examination of the Memphis Police Department down there in Tennessee that comes after the beating death of Tyree Nichols, which we've covered on this podcast during a traffic stop back in January.
1: From The New York Times, President Biden today will propose policies aimed at trimming federal budget deficits by three trillion dollars over the next 10 years. It comes as the White House is in a fight with Republicans over raising the nation's borrowing limit. Biden's plans expected to rely heavily on a familiar batch of tax increases on corporations and high earners, along with savings from some spending reductions. To help increase federal revenues and reduce the nation's reliance on borrowed money, Biden expected to announce a new tax on American households worth more than $100 million. Biden will also call for the quadrupling of a tax on stock buybacks that was approved last year. The White House on Tuesday unveiled a proposal to raise the Medicare surtax on earned and unearned income above $400,000 from 3.8 percent to 5 percent.
0: Yeah, so some of this are taxes that the Biden administration has been talking about for a while uh, as they try to deal with the fact that uh, the national debt is above $31 trillion. They would continue to run. Uh, budget deficits here. And so they're focused on that. And it comes at a particularly important time because the Medicare trust fund is set to run out in the coming years. So they want to be able to bolster that, especially as all the boomers continue to retire. Jill, as you mentioned, this move comes also as the president is facing pressure from Republicans who now control the U.S. House and now have more of a role in determining the nation's future fiscal path. House Republicans have refused to raise the nation's debt limit Uh, We could be hitting that debt limit this summer. That is what is particularly concerning to the White House right now, because it could send us to default, which could lead to recession and a whole bunch of bad stuff for everybody. But right now, House Republicans are standing firm that they want to see some cuts from the White House, even though it doesn't necessarily have to do with the current debt limit increase, but they want to see it for long term purposes. The debt limit, of course caps how much the nation can borrow. Basically, the government continues to borrow. And again, it's hit $31 is looking to take up the uh, debt limit a couple more trillion here. So negotiations on the debt limit haven't gone anywhere. They do have a few months. And as we know, Congress likes to take things up until the last exact moment that they have. House Republicans, in the meantime this week, say they are pushing a proposal that will prepare the U.S. in the event of a default if this was to pass it would prioritize some federal payments over others they argue that would protect the u.s credit if the two parties can't come together on a debt ceiling increase it basically will allow the government to better prioritize what to pay basically paying off its bills and debt holders like domestic debt holders and foreign debt holders while they still negotiate so i guess maybe positive note they're preparing for that scenario but it's still sort of wild here that they're literally looking at a proposal Uh, on what to do if the U.S. defaults on its debt, which it's never done in history.
1: From USA Today, Novak Djokovic, the world's number one men's tennis player, now actively lobbying the Biden administration for an exemption to the COVID vaccine rule so that he can play at Indian Wells and the Miami Open. So far, he's come up short. The current rule does not allow foreigners who have not been vaccinated against COVID-19 into the country And even some staunchly pro-vaccine experts say it's obsolete at this point. According to The New York Times, he desperately wants to play. And so began a flurry of phone calls and lobbying of people that Djokovic and his team knew might have connections to the Biden administration, including Billie Jean King, one of the game's greats. The process for now has proved unsuccessful, but it is likely to continue in the coming weeks. Indian Wells begins later this week, and the Miami Open starts later this month.
0: Yeah, it's sort of wild we're talking about this in March 2023 here, but uh, there remains the rule. One of the people who has been pushing against the Biden administration here uh, on behalf of Djokovic is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He's among those urging Biden to allow him into the U.S., despite being unvaccinated.
1: Djokovic also has had COVID.
0: Right. He's had COVID, uh, wasn't vaccinated. Remember, he was uh, kicked out of Australia back during kind of the height of COVID uh, during that time. But, you know, he's still dealing with ramifications of this. DeSantis saying, by the way, for his part, that, you know, he believes this is pure discrimination because Djokovic wouldn't take the uh, vaccine. And he feels it's irrelevant at this point. He says... You know, Djokovic poses zero risk to the U.S., zero risk to the state of Florida, zero risk to Miami, uh, and actually joke that he would run a boat from the Bahamas to Florida on behalf of Djokovic to get him inside the country.
1: Look, selfishly, uh, these tennis tournaments are not as fun to watch without him. He's so good and he's entertaining.
0: Oh, it's a huge issue right now for tennis, by the way. They've lost a bunch of stars recently, you know, to retirements like Federer. So professional tennis and the networks that carry these tournaments would very much like Djokovic uh, to be able to play. From
1: CNBC, for the first time in almost seven years, a new nuclear reactor has started up in the United States. The Vogel Nuclear Reactor Unit 3 has started a nuclear reaction inside the reactor, which means it's started to split atoms and generate heat. This puts it on track to become fully operational by May or June, including the Vodal reactor. There are currently 93 nuclear reactors operating in the United States, and they generate about 20 percent of the nation's electricity.
0: So, Jill, this reactor is just outside Augusta, Georgia, and when combined with the reactors near it that were built in the 1980s, will be the largest nuclear power plant in the U.S. Nuclear reactors, by the way, generate about half of the clean carbon-free energy electricity in the U.S. Most of them were constructed, though, between 1970 and 1990. Construction slowed down after the Three Mile Island accident in Middletown, Pennsylvania there in the 70s. In fact, you almost saw 70 reactors canceled between 1970 and 1988 because nuclear energy is generated without releasing carbon dioxide emissions, which, of course, cause global warming. There is an increasing push among some climate change advocates to give nuclear energy a chance at a renaissance here, Uh, though cost remains an issue, as well as what to do with that nuclear waste. That's been a debate they've been having for years in Nevada, and they're still looking to solve that issue. But as far as carbon emissions are concerned, nuclear is seen as a solution.
1: From CBS News, the Justice Department files a lawsuit to block JetBlue's $3.8 billion acquisition of Spirit Airlines. That deal was announced back in July of 2022, and it would create the fifth largest airline in the United States and represent the largest airline industry merger since Alaska Air bought Virgin America in 2016. The lawsuit claims that the acquisition would harm consumers by eliminating, quote, about half of all ultra-low-cost airline seats in the industry, predicting that JetBlue would charge higher prices for Spirit flights if that merger is completed. JetBlue, by the way, has said that it plans to remove seats from Spirit's more packed planes to match its own configuration According to internal company documents, when Spirit starts flying a given route, average fares fall by about 17 percent. And when Spirit stops flying a route, average fares shoot up by about 30 percent. The Justice Department also argues that the combination would dampen competition with other airlines because competing airlines would have fewer incentives to offer low prices in the wake of a merger.
0: Yeah, just to give you some context here, JetBlue right now controls about 5% of the U.S. airline market. After this acquisition, it would have about 10% of the market, making it, uh, again, the fifth largest airline in the U.S. behind United, Southwest, Delta, and American, American being the largest right now. In defending the deal, JetBlue said that the two airlines, JetBlue and Spirit, Overlap on no more than 11% of their respective nonstop routes, and they would provide more competition for American, Delta, Southwest, and United. JetBlue's been pushing back on this lawsuit uh, and the government concern, saying this is not like Coke merging with Pepsi. It's JetBlue and Spirit, and this competition is necessary Some Wall Street analysts think JetBlue will prevail in court despite the antitrust concerns surrounding the transaction. By the way, securing clearance here would require JetBlue probably to divest some of its operations in New York, Boston, and Florida, as well as its code share agreement right now with American Airlines. But this is looking like a big fight here between uh, JetBlue uh, and the government. What's interesting here is JetBlue still kind of views itself as an upstart that's disrupting the industry. And you have the government here saying, no, 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 JetBlue. You're a big guy like the rest of them.
1: And Moshe, it's also important to remember that the reason we only have a handful of options for airlines is because so many airlines already merged, all allowed by the Department of Justice. I mentioned at the top, Alaska Air bought Virgin America in 2016. But Moshe, I just Googled which airlines have merged in the past few years. And and there are airlines that I've never even heard of. Like I was thinking they were just going to mention kind of TWA. But Delta bought Western Airlines, Alaska and Horizon Air merged. Continental, remember them? I mean, there's were so many airlines that just don't exist anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, deregulation happened in the late 70s during the Carter administration. And then you just see airlines eating each other up. I mean, some of the bigger ones recently, Delta uh, merging with Northwest, uh, U.S. Airways and America West. Remember America West from growing up? Uh, become one, and then, of course, you then have American Airlines eat U.S. Airways. So this has continued and continued, and it sort of kind of reminds me of what's going on with the Fed here and inflation, Jill. Where this is the DOJ saying, "Oh, we we should probably stop this before there's just one airline."
1: From the New York Times, guess which sex behaves more erratically, at least in mice? A new study finds male mice more unpredictable than females. For decades, male mice have been the default in scientific experiments that test new drugs or examine the connections of the brain. The reason? Female mice, which experience a four to five day cycle of fluctuating ovarian hormones, were thought to be too complicated. But according to a new study, the estuous cycle has little to do with how female mice behave and male mice actually exhibited more erratic behavior than females that study published in the journal current biology it challenges century old stereotypes that kept female animals out of laboratory research and until the 90s barred women from clinical trials
0: while this may seem like a fun little study this actually has huge ramifications the cost of excluding females whether human or animals from scientific research is really high. Women are almost twice as likely as men to experience severe side effects from drugs, most of which have dosages based on the initial testing done in men. So starting in 1993, a new law required researchers funded by the NIH, the uh, government NIH, to include women and minority groups in the decades since Women have made up close to half of all clinical research participants, though they still lag behind in certain studies of certain drugs. This continues to this day, especially when it comes to drugs treating cardiovascular disease as well as psychiatric disorders. And a large sex gap persists in basic science research using lab animals, studies that pave the way to medical breakthroughs in neuroscience, according to a review that was published back in 2010. Studies of male lab animals outnumbered female ones by a factor of five.
1: What's so fascinating here is that the study, which uses this new cutting-edge tool called motion sequencing, found that the male mice had more unpredictable behavior than the females did Plus, hormones in the males also fluctuate. They change over the course of a day. And male mice that are housed together establish a dominance hierarchy with alpha males expressing more than 10 times as much testosterone as these submissive ones. And I love this quote from one of the researchers. So it could be that actually for 100 years, We've had it exactly backwards. It's really variation in male hormones that's affecting behavior more greatly than female hormones. It is a hypothesis, but it's one that we're going to test. And the reason I like that (laughs) most is is for that exact reason, because it's so stereotypical, right? Like erratic women, hormonal, just crazy. I don't know. The science clearly doesn't back it up.
0: No, what's interesting, Jill, is uh, somebody on the Instagram feed who works with lab mice, says that in the lab they often have to separate the male mice because they get in too many fights Uh, which is interesting jill because like if you listen to this podcast and you follow the news we're talking about people like vladimir putin and fights between you know trump and biden if you look at our politics you know somebody actually messaged me they're like oh you mean the gender that started like almost all the wars in history is is the more emotional erratic one like you make a good point All right, I'll try to stay calm here as we begin our On This Day in History on this March 9th. I want to begin in 1959 when a certain doll went on sale for the first time in history. A happy 64th birthday to the Barbie doll introduced by Mattel on this day in 1959. Mattel claims that more than one billion Barbie dolls have been sold so far. And they claim that three dolls are sold every second.
1: I don't think that these are just claims. I I could tell you just anecdotally, my anecdotally, I mean, my daughter is obsessed with these things. I played with them when I was a kid, and now my daughter plays with them. The staying power of Barbies is just incredible.
0: So several of the billion Barbie dolls are in your house right now.
1: Correct. (laughs) My mom actually still has mine from when I was a kid, so my daughter (laughs) plays with them, and I guess I cut the hair off one of my dolls when I was younger, and she's always like why is the hair on this one like jag- like raggedy at the ends? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, Alex. I was a kid too.
0: <laughs> Mommy, if you did it, I get to do it too. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: All right, let's fast forward here to 2015. Another product announcement that rolled out on this day. Happy eighth birthday to the Apple Watch rolled out by Apple CEO Tim Cook on this day in 2015 in San Francisco. And one bit of 90s news on this day in 1997, 26 years ago, rapper Christopher Wallace, known as Notorious B.I.G., was killed in a still unsolved drive-by shooting in L.A. He was 24 at the time. The mystery continues both for the Tupac murder uh, that happened uh, before that and the Biggie murder. And I should note, uh, Jill, on this day, one of the few people I share a birthday with on May 21st is Biggie Smalls. It's
1: so sad, not only for them and their families, of course, but just when you think about all of the awesome music that did not get made uh, because their lives were cut
0: so short. Right. I mean, they both died in their 20s. Notorious B.I.G. was only 24. I mean, just think about the music that is still remixed, the the music that he created before he was 24 years old uh, and what could be today. All right, a couple of celebrity birthdays today. Emmanuel Lewis, you might remember him as Webster, is 52 today. Actress Brittany Snow, you might remember her from Pitch Perfect, is 37 today. And Bow Wow, formerly Little Bow Wow, is 36. So the little's been gone for a while.
1: At what age do you get rid of the little? Lil. Lil. At what age is is Lil no longer acceptable? Maybe 30, 29.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, can you go through your 20s as a little? Maybe. And also turning 36 years old today, U2's Joshua Tree album, their fifth album. It includes a number of their greatest hits, including With or Without You, Where the Streets Have No Name, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for.
1: Most U2 is, is sort of universally beloved. Except, except their one <laughs> misstep <laughs> was mm-hmm. when Apple forced a U two album <laughs> on everyone, basically pre programming oh. it on their phone. It was called yeah. Songs of Innocence, and I don't know why everybody just did not like that. That was happening.
0: Yeah, that was back in 2014. I forget about that. Um, you know, we're <laughs> we're marking the anniversary of the Apple Watch today, and a U two album, but bring the two together in 2014. Not so happy. That was actually, that was a Tim Cook move. That was post Steve Jobs. And he also
1: has so few missteps. You would have thought that Apple and U2 would be just this amazing thing. It's it's so funny that for some reason, it just, no one liked it.
0: Right, right. These two beloved brands, they liked individually. You could see them in an Apple boardroom being like, genius idea. Let's automatically download a U2 album to everyone's phone. Everyone's like, what are you doing? No. Okay. And one final, and one final musical on this day for everyone today. On this day in 1991, Someday by Mariah Carey reached number one on the Billboard charts. It would be her third number one hit. Mariah Carey, by the way, Jill, has 19 number one hits in history. That puts her in second place on the all-time list. Jill, care to guess which musical act has more number one hits than Mariah Carey?
1: Is it the Beatles, Mosh?
0: You are correct, Jill. They have 20 number one hits. Mariah Carey has 19 number one hits. Uh, Elvis is third on the list. So it goes Beatles number one, Mariah Carey two, Elvis number three, Rihanna four, and Michael Jackson number five.
1: Wait, Rihanna has more than Beyonce?
0: Jill, Rihanna has 14. Beyonce has eight. Mosh, the
1: things we learn on this podcast. Very interesting.
0: I leave you all with that trivia today to play at your dinner table tonight.
1: All right. uh, On that note, a big thank you to everyone for listening to the Mo News podcast. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and review us in the App Store so we can continue to
0: grow. And don't forget to follow us over on Instagram uh, 24-7 for all the news coverage, including... The who done it into the Nord Stream pipeline <laughs> that Jill initially found wont wah but then realized was really, really interesting.
1: Six slides, six <laughs> slides, Mosh. I was like, oh my god, what is he getting into? Jill, it's now? a
0: very complex matter. Somebody blew up a pipeline under the Baltic Sea, and I was trying to explain uh, the mystery behind
1: it. I get it now, and I actually think you perhaps could have even done more slides. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see everyone back here tomorrow. You're listening to the Bo News
1: Podcast. <laughs>